Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in to Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday uh, edition of the show, of the podcast. If you're listening to this, we want to thank you so much for downloading the podcast, subscribing, and uh, and ask you to share it out with your friends. Our numbers are going up. That means somebody's doing something right, and I appreciate you guys for uh, for telling people about us. It means a lot. My name is Christopher Giannini. I'm rolling solo. Gary is on his vacation, spending some time at the beach. Man, I remember when I had some time at the beach at the beginning of the summer. It was quite spectacular, and I uh, hope him and his family's having a good time. He'll be back with us next week, but I got to come in, and I got to roll through some things that's happening. Uh, quite a bit has happened this week in sports since we've last talked, and uh, and and I just wanted to kind of share my opinion, share my thoughts with them. Some of these things are going to feel a little outdated, and uh, and that's okay because uh, they, they're still important to me. Let's start with the Bucks winning the – championship in the NBA <clears throat> there's not enough good things that you can say about Giannis I don't know that uh that we've ever had a superstar be this likable before in my life in any sport uh I the closest the closest that I could come now I'm an incredibly biased individual here the closest has to be in my eyes David Ortiz um, I, I think outside of, and even even like Yankee fan friends that I know and have, find him very very likable. Uh, man, I don't I don't I don't know that David's nearly as close as Giannis. <clears throat> um, Giannis got to be the most likable guy I, I, I've seen in a long time. Much less somebody who's become a superstar at such a young age and has changed and modified his game. In, in such a dynamic way, uh, his performance this finals was just something I've never seen before uh, that didn't equate his performance in the regular season. Um, always dominant, always good, always usually the best player on the court. I've never seen anybody take a step like this in in the final series. Um Kind of blew me away. Very impressed with him. Uh, find him likable. So happy that he won a title. And uh, and 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 so a couple of couple of key takeaways from the game that's not breaking down X's and O's. I'm not an, I'm not a basketball expert, and and I'm not going to pretend to be. But uh, but I but I am a an expert in the human condition. I think uh, I I I'm hyper aware of a lot of. Uh, different things i guess hyper observant i see things all the time and we all saw the same things i don't i don't listen i don't have a patent on any of this stuff i just have an opinion about it okay and i'm gonna bet that most of my opinions aren't you know super um different than the way a lot of people saw them but one thing i thought was very interesting what motivates people when they get to the professional level much less the professional level at a championship level, you're competing for a final, for a championship. And 
people always say, you know, you don't want to give them any bullet to bore material and all this stuff. And I just think, God, that's sad. Like, that's pathetic. Ohio State talked all year about how, you know, they had the score of the Clemson game from two years ago in, you know, hanging up in their locker room all of 2020. And I think if you meet them in the playoffs and you need that extra motivation, like, that speaks less of you than than anything to me. Like, I don't know how you need extra help, extra motivation. Well, I bring that up because there was reports that the Bucks brought in it was a closeout game. There's a chance they could win it and win the final, so they had to be prepared for the celebration. So Bucks management, Bucks uh, brass, brought in all the champagne that they were going to have for the celebration, but they kept it on the hall of the Suns. All right, and so when the Suns all came into work that night and come in for the game, they got to walk by all these huge buckets of champagne being iced down, and. Apparently, there were reports that they were furious, that they were pissed off, that they took it as an insult. That, and, and there were all these people, you know, tweeting out on the Internet saying, hey, you, you know, you got to, you, you know, we're going to win. And, and the, you know, the Suns, Suns are absolutely going to take this thing and bet the Suns and, and all this stuff. And I thought, that's amazing that you're fighting for your life. This is a closeout game. If you lose, you go home. And yet. Seeing a bottle of bubbly thrown on ice in front of you makes you extra mad, makes you want to play extra harder. Like, there should be no extra left in you at this level in this time. This is not load management days where you're just hanging on, uh, you know, or, or, or slacking back a little bit and relaxing because the game don't matter. No, no game matters more than this one. Because it could be your last if you don't succeed. And I just, we hear about these stories all the time in sports. This is not a knock on the Suns. It's not a knock on the organization. It's not a knock on their players. It's a mentality in sports that somehow you slighted me in a way in which insults me. And therefore, I'm going to take extra, you know, hard work of, of, of you know, of, of trying to beat you and defeat you. You know, on a random Monday night football game or, uh, or you know, just a Tuesday night basketball game in the middle of a season, that might matter, okay? That might come into effect, right? You, you want to beat certain teams more than others in a regular season where all regular season games just aren't equal. They don't matter all the time. It, when you get into a playoff series, all that's got to go out the window and the farther you get through the playoffs, the more and more that stuff cannot matter anymore. And you have to be able, be capable of taking care of your own business at your own time. I don't understand it. I I find it to be a very weird concept. I wonder if I'm on an island here. Like, do you think that extra motivation actually helps people? Because Ohio State really credited, like, losing last year and how defeated they felt and how, you know, insulted they felt and how angry they felt. Uh, you know, like, it was a big factor for them beating Clemson this year. Or was it just they were just a better team than Clemson this year? I mean, did that have anything to do with it at all? Was it the fact that Clemson's offensive coordinator wasn't there and Dabo Sweeney, one of the dumbest people, I think, on the planet, hell of a recruiter, Best salesman I've ever seen in my life, but a moron called all the plays. It like like did that have anything to do with it, or was it you were really mad about what happened last year? I I, I don't know. I, I I think we put more pressure on ourselves by doing extra stuff like that. It, that's unnecessary. All right, and and it cr sometimes creates storylines. And, and as somebody who tells stories for a living on the internet about sports, it, it makes my job easier. But at the same time, sometimes we're telling the wrong stories and we don't even know it. I don't know. Maybe I'm picking nits here. Let's get back to more important things about this game. It, mostly, let's. I just want to talk about, oh, I was about to say, I just want to talk more about Giannis. 
the next thing I want to talk about, I, I do want to talk about the the Suns coach. Coach Bonnie is he's a really impressive person to me. All right. Like I don't I don't get impressed by some of these guys because so many of them just give out coach speak. Like you don't actually know what they think or feel ever because they always just say the right thing. And the only time you ever feel like you get an honest moment is when they're saying the wrong thing. And so you don't you don't ever really know kind of you don't see their heart and you and you don't you don't you don't get down deep into into who these guys are really. And and when I saw the videos going around of Coach Monty going into the the Bucks locker room after the game while they're celebrating, and these guys are you know a couple of bottles of bubbly in already, and everybody's got the goggles on and they're going crazy. Uh, Monty has to come in and, and address the team, and and he said he said a lot of a lot of good things, and he just he was so encouraging to see a guy. It's one thing to be a class act and shake, you know, your opponent's hand. It's another to recognize, man, I just saw something special here in this guy that he threw something at us we couldn't beat. He he was – I can't do anything but take my hat off to him. And I want – in my weakest moment, in his greatest moment, I want to make sure I tell him how important that is and, and how much that meant to me. That stood out a lot. I, I was already a big fan of Monty, Coach Monty, uh, going into going into this this series, and and I, I think what he's done with this Suns team, is is nothing short of miraculous. This is a team that wasn't good at all at basketball last year, and then they, you know, they came two games short of of winning the NBA championship. Um, I thought that was one of the classiest moves I've ever seen. You're talking about this is, this is an NBA final, guys that I begged people to watch. I begged people to get into it. I begged people to give the NBA a chance to get you back because the basketball gods smiled on us. They gave us what we wanted. So many people complained about the super teams. So many people complained uh, about so much that we didn't like about the NBA, that, that it was trying to push down people's throats. And this gave us none of that. It's two of the most likable teams You've got class act happening all around the entire this entire festivities last night. Not, not last night, Jesus! I'm recording this on on. It's actually 4 a.m. Friday morning. <laughs> Trying to get this thing out on time. I don't sleep. I this is not weird for me. Um, it might be weird for you guys, but uh, but no. So uh, it, we saw nothing but positive things come from this. And I just, I just thought, man, I, I wish more people would have tuned in. I wish more people would have, would have rewarded them for getting this. Because next year, if we get the Nets and the Lakers and the ratings double, the NBA is just gonna see. It, everybody in the world is gonna be have spoken with their, with their clickers, that this matters. Where, what teams make it into the finals matter. And there's no way on earth you could tell me, and I don't care what those two teams look like when they get there. I don't care what players are on them. They're not going to be two more likable teams than what we just saw. Okay, they're just not. It's not possible. Um, and 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 I, I just want them to be rewarded for that. I was, I was what what coach coach Mai did last night. I, no, I keep saying last night after the game was impressive to me. Like it. Like that kind of shocked me. I I didn't expect to see that. I I expected class. I expected him to say all the right things. You know, I I I expected that. I didn't expect him to kind of get himself into the locker room and then stay in there and talk with them for a couple of minutes. Like this is not a hey, just want to walk by, give a wave, and get the hell out. Um. So I thought I thought that was special. I thought that was unique. Um. Giannis calling out super teams. I mean, blatantly said it would be easy. It would be easy to win this trophy, to win this championship had I just joined a super team. But I didn't want to do it the easy way. I wanted to do it the right way. And I'll be damned if he didn't win it the right way. This instantly vaults this team up as one of the my favorite non-Celtic 
championship teams of all time. It, it, it was for the longest time Detroit Pistons. And then Detroit Pistons, Mavericks. Now Pistons, Mavericks, Bucks, it's right there with them. It's right there with them. This is this is a team that that really did it together. Um, Middleton and and Giannis Middleton, not a superstar by any stretch of the imagine. No nobody's uh, definition of superstar would would have Middleton in it. Um, but but showed up big in big spots during this series. Maybe not in Game Six, but during this series, and uh, thought that was huge. Um, you know, Holiday, I like lockdown defenders. I love when somebody plays hard defense around the perimeter. My favorite NBA player of all time is probably Tony Allen. He literally defined grit and grind here in Memphis. He, he did not care about his offensive stats whatsoever. He just wanted to get in your hip pocket when the night tipped off and never leave and just be a thorn in your side, be a pain in your ass the entire time. Uh, Drew Holiday absolutely did that this entire series. He made them work for everything they got. Uh, some nights he came up huge offensively. Some nights he was the goat, as the way I grew up, knowing the goat because I'm an old man and it was always the bad thing. Um, the the his shooting was off. He took way too many shots, whatever. But it didn't matter on the two games they won or the four games, the two games they lost, the four games they won. It didn't matter. His defensive uh, paralysis, what he did, the problems he caused on the perimeter were unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, did a couple of nights the guys he's guarding go off? Sure. That's because they're great players. And in the NBA, it, there's there's no defense for a great, great player. All right. What he did was super impressive. Uh, Brooke Lopez was the ultimate just wingman. Okay. Like, like I don't know that Giannis could have asked for a better wingman um, than Brooke Lopez. Not selfish. Made big shots when he had to. I always got nervous every three he took. Uh, when they missed, I got mad. When he made them, I wasn't happy. I felt more relieved, and I just thought, well, that's great. Now he's going to shoot a bunch of these. Uh, but but um, down low, came up with some big plays, whatever. Uh, it, you know, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis' effort in game six was just something I've never seen before from a guy that, that I wasn't expecting that. I just wasn't. Um, I th I think he was the second most important player on the team uh game 6 I think I think what he did um and, and and his efforts offensively and defensively were just unbelievable I have nothing but good things to say about Bobby Portis Giannis Antetokounmpo one of the most special young players in the NBA I got a new I got a new nickname for him I know everyone says oh well he's already got a nickname he's the Greek freak yeah well Sometimes true greatness has multiple names, okay? All right, and I don't know who gave him the name Greek Freak. It absolutely is fitting. But we're going to give him a new name, all right? And we're going to make this a thing. This is this is my life's work here, okay? I believe, I believe going forward, hence forth from this day, he should be known as the Eclipse. This man blocked out the sun. He really did. He really, really did. It's something that that I think is pretty amazing. I've never seen a team throw a team on the shoulders like that. A guy throw a team on the shoulders like that and carry them. Not that way. Kobe never did this. Not not for a, not for a championship. Jordan never had to do this. Now Jordan won games. Jordan a hundred percent won games by himself in the NBA final. But but he never had to win a series. He never had to throw a team on his shoulders like this. Not not saying Giannis is better than Jordan or Kobe. Not saying that. But I'm just telling you, those guys never did this. Okay, I, I've never seen it happen. It was it was the most impressive thing I've watched in a long time on a basketball court, and uh, and I I really took a lot of joy in it. I, it, it it meant a lot to me. I thought it was I thought it was pretty special. We'll get off the NBA. We'll get off basketball. Get off my love affair with with the Eclipse. One Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
And I'm going to get a little into baseball, but not necessarily the nuts and bolts of baseball. I stayed up last night way too late watching my Red Sox walk off the Yankees. One of the best feelings in the world when you get to do that. Um, It's always fun when your opponent that you hate uh, collapses sometimes. You're playing like crap. You don't really deserve to be there. But uh, they fall all to pieces, which is what happened in the Red Sox games. A lot of fun. That's what I want to talk about. This affects me. This affects my Red Sox. The Tampa Bay Rays land the first big um, asset in the arms race of of trying to, to, to make a run this year uh, for the playoffs. They've been fighting with the Red Sox. They're, they've been within one or two games of them the entire year um, and uh, for first place in that division. And they go out and they get Nelson Cruz and they add him to that lineup. That, I think this is a big piece. I think this is a big deal. And uh, I, I think this is going to affect Major League Baseball. Uh, I'm very curious to see the other teams that are maybe possibly in playoff mode where they are with this type of, uh, you know, what what their plans are. Um, I do know that the Red Sox are going to be buyers. I don't know what they're going to buy. I don't know if they're actually going to land anyone. Um, could desperately use a big bat. Not that uh, Bobby Dahlbeck is, you know, hasn't been really good, but could definitely use a big bat at first base and could definitely use another bullpen guy. But the could use another bullpen guy could go for, I don't know, 17 of the 30 rosters in Major League Baseball. Um, As of right now recording this, the Yankees find themselves to be seven games back out of first. I don't know how much they're going to be buyers in this thing. Um, So that that makes me a little happy. And it's not that the Yankees, yay, that they're sucking. Um, This this is a situation where – that's one less bidder to go up against because they do have deep pockets and uh, and a good farm system and a lot of assets to move for big pieces. If if the Red Sox can somehow push them back this week even farther, then then the the best thing for everybody in baseball in my from from a Red Sox fan. And, and anybody, you're a fan of somebody else, and your team's in the playoffs, and your team needs to go after somebody. Uh, you you want to uh, to have the Yankees not be buyers because they've they're they're going to drive up prices, and and not just drive up prices, they're going to take guys you want. Um, so so that's a that's a good thing for for the rest of your team, since it's only a bad thing for the Yankees. Now. My wish list as a Red Sox fan. Who do I want? What do I need? What what do I think is important? I think landing a first baseman would be huge. Um, everyone assumes Anthony Rizzo is the uh, bell of the ball for the Sox right now. Uh, wouldn't hate that. We definitely need a first baseman, and he is on the list. If I had my choice of teams that I believe are going to be sellers, um, I think – I think the Braves are going to end up being sellers. With the Cunha being out, I don't know that they think they can make a run. And I would love Freddie Freeman. Now, I I don't know that the Braves would trade him, even though they'd get a pretty good haul for him. I don't know. I, there's a world where he is he has just asked the Braves. I want to be a I want to be a Brave my entire life, and that's fine. And that's great. That's wonderful. Um. Would you come be a Red Sox for five minutes and then when the season's over with, re-sign with Atlanta? Um, I, you know, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if he would be interested in that, and I don't know if they're interested in that. But Freddie Freeman would be my number one choice of the man I'd go after. I, th- I think this guy – I think this guy might be one of the nicest guys in all sports also. Um, <clears throat> but um, Freddie or Rizzo, I'd be happy with <clears throat> my wish list. Obviously, a lot of Red Sox fans would love to get Kimbrel back. Um, don't know what we would have to do to for the Cubs to get both Rizzo and Kimbrel. Um, Kimbrel's been in our offense before, or in our in our bullpen before, and uh, and he's worked out incredibly well. Uh, I think we got the closer position locked down. Is Kimbrel happy and okay, just kind of going in and being a bullpen guy? Um, I think he is. I think he's been that most of the time for the Cubs anyway. Um, but you know. Uh, 
as long as it doesn't cause any issues with the locker room, um, you know, with him being used to being the closer and now he's not, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I like I like Kimbrell a lot, and I think he's a stud. Uh, other than that, man, it's going to be an interesting year to see what happens at the trade line. Um, I think there are a lot of teams involved right now, but all of them have flaws, and I'm very curious to see the moves that they all make. Um, I think there are teams that no one was expecting to be in this, like like the Giants and the Red Sox. The Giants and the Red Sox are the two <clears throat> that stand out. It's not just that they're my team. All of baseball, no one, no one picked either one of these teams to even make the playoffs, much less kind of kind of be in the driver's seat of their divisions the entire season. Um, and so I, I think it's more important that those two teams make a move. Do the Dodgers need to make a move? Do the Padres need to make a move? Probably not. Probably not. They're, those teams are loaded. They're dominant. They're unbelievable. Uh, I, I I wouldn't have thought that the Rays needed to make a move, but hell, they did anyway. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's just baseball is going to get interesting. I love the trade deadline area, a uh, uh, time of the season. I, I I really like seeing the moves these teams make, um, and uh, and and how they're aligning themselves for the future, and also trying to win now and balancing that act um, out. And, uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm not oblivious to understanding the fact that my team has flaws, big glaring flaws, and uh, they need to be addressed. And I'm, I'm curious to see how they address them, and I just hope they address them. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, next story up, we're going to move to the NFL. And this is um, a little strange. I'm not going to get balls deep into it, but I'm going to give you my opinion and my feelings on it, okay? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins in a, in a little hot water here, and, and he's frustrated and he's angry. He doesn't like the idea of being pressured to take the vaccine. I understand that. I understand that makes sense to me. but But I try – I try very hard to be a reasonable person. Okay. I'm, you're going to have a hard time. I'm, I'm very passionate about things. And when I'm passionate about them, I go hard into them. All right. <clears throat> but for the most part, I like to live my life being a very reasonable person. And, and our fight against the pandemic has been something that, that has been interesting to watch from somebody who lives their life in the middle. Okay, I understand that the whole world is filled with gray. And 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 so many people want us to live in this black and white world. They want us to live in this right and wrong world all the time. <clears throat> and I don't think anybody's all bad. I don't think anybody's all good. Um He's getting crushed by a lot of people around sports for having the opinion that I don't want to be pressured into doing this. I, I want to address the part that bothers me the most. It's the pressured part. <clears throat> if the science shows all the positive good things that the vaccine does and has to offer, then you should continue to offer it. And anybody who wants it should be able to get it. Okay? I'm, I'm clearly of that opinion. I believed in the science. I'll tell you now my personal thoughts and feelings and things. <clears throat> I shouldn't have to do this, but feel like I do feel pressured to say this. I didn't feel pressured to do this. Um, but I got the vaccine. We've talked about this on the show before. <clears throat> I'm a large person who hasn't taken care of themselves very well. And, uh, 
man, I can't shake this cough. It's the early morning thing. I'm not used to talking this much this early. Um, I felt it was the best thing for me to do because I, I thought if I am at risk, I have some, some medical issues underlying that, that, that I deal with. And, uh, and, and I'm also a giant person that is just huge and fat and, and out of shape. If I got COVID, I felt like I would be one of those people that it could go really bad for. And so I chose to get the vaccine. I made a, I made a conscious decision to do that. I can't tell you that if I was 23 years old and in, you know, point oh 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 you know, percentage of the best shape in the world that I would do it. I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that I wouldn't. And that, that's not knocking, that's not knocking the science behind it. And that's not, that's not insulting the access that we have, uh, the idea that we have the vaccine. I, I just don't think everybody should have to take some. I don't, I don't like the being forced to do anything. And the problem with forcing people to do stuff is you're going to get pushback from reasonable people that would probably normally go along with you if you didn't try to force them. But as soon as they feel like they're being forced or coerced, they're immediately going to throw walls up and they're instantly going to just not do what you want them to do. And now you have an enemy instead of somebody who would probably sit and have a reasonable conversation with you. I believe that, by the way. I believe that Deshaun Watson, and not Deshaun Watson, sorry, uh, Deshaun Hopkins. Uh, Jesus, yes. Hopkins, I believe, and, 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 and uh, Jalen Rieger came out and said the same thing. Like, I believe these guys would be reasonable because they seem to be reasonable people. But as soon as they feel like you're talking them into something or forcing them to do something, you're pressuring them, now immediately walls go up. They don't trust you. They don't want to hear anything you have to say. And I don't think people that are pro the vaccine are they I don't think they understand that I think that they actually do more harm than good by just browbeating and yelling and and screaming at folks all the time and all I'm asking you to do is just ease up a little not not to not take it serious and not to not stand your ground but think about your tone and think about how you come across to somebody who disagrees with you okay do you because this is not one of those things where I don't care your opinion. I, you know, you're wrong and wrong is wrong and whatever. This is one of those things where you're trying to convince them to do this because you believe it's the right thing to do for society and humanity. Yelling at them and making them feel like they're dumber than you, that they're beneath you, uh, you know, that, that questioning their intelligence and, and, and treating them like crap is not going to convince them in any way shape form or fashion to do this so i i just i just think but i mean that's the world we live in that's the internet and that's the it's the day of the you know twitter and and it's the day of everybody gets a voice and gets to say what they want and you know it doesn't really matter from there i i really wish people would step back and for important things you want to yell about dumb stuff we yell about dumb stuff that's fine but this is something that we need to really step back and try to evaluate, you know, on a different level. I think how we're communicating to these guys, when we put certain rules into place, you're, you're, no, you're taking the ability of choice away from folks. And that's what we do to prisoners. Like, that's what you, that's what you do to A, children. We don't allow children to make their own decisions because they're children. Okay, my my kid doesn't eat ice cream for breakfast every day. She'd like to, but she doesn't get to because I don't allow her to make that decision. All right. She she wants to wear a big T-shirt, and no pants and just run around life that way. No, she doesn't get to go out in public and society and do that. I don't allow her to make her own decisions. All right. And we don't let prisoners make their own decisions. Okay, they've lost that freedom. They've lost that ability. I'm telling you. That if you want people to feel respected and, and actually like you care about them, then find a way to have an open dialogue with them. Find a tactful way of saying things. But but as soon as you begin insulting, and as soon as you begin browbeating, you've lost them. Now, listen, I understand. 
I'm a guy, if you've followed this show at all, I'm absolutely a guy that uses insults and browbeating all the time. But I'm not trying to change those people's minds, okay? I'm just trying to convey the fact that I think they're a piece of shit. All right? That's, that's different, okay? I'm not trying to win over the NCAA, all right? No, I think they're a lost cause, and I think they're a worthless organization. And my intent to insult and browbeat is not to convince them to the light and convince them to be better and convince them to be good. It is, it is to bring them down, okay? It is to find flaws in everything they do and expose them, all right? That's different. What I'm doing to the NCAA, people are doing to in this case, Hopkins, right? Like you're getting the same reaction I would get if I actually met Mark Emmert, which is a big double middle finger F you and probably a a, a shot to the face. All right. That's not what you want. If you're trying to convince him to that, that, that taking the vaccine is a good thing. Okay. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. All right. I, I don't like the idea of companies, Businesses, um, uh, organizations, the government, I don't like the idea of forcing things. Uh, I, I think forcing stuff is is not the way to go about stuff, all right? If something really is good, it'll show out. I promise you, you don't have to convince people, okay? We we didn't have to convince people to take the stimulus money, all right? <laughs> like, like no, nobody was showing up at the Treasury Department saying, I don't need this, you can have it back. Like, when you have something good to offer, I promise you they'll take it. I promise you they'll take it. And the amount of people that choose not to take it aren't going to be big enough to to actually, like, cause problems, all right? They're just not. And, and we can really put a damper on this thing. We can really put a dent in this thing. And we can really get this thing nipped in the bud. I think it's the coercion of folks that they don't like. I think you've got a lot of outlying people out there that don't, like being tricked into something or forced into something that's all that's my opinion on that and and i'm i'm certain i'm gonna catch a lot of hell for it and that's fine i took the vaccine so when you browbeat me and insult me and call me a moron that's okay because you already got the outcome you wanted from me so that's all right i'm gonna i'm gonna close out the show addressing the elephant in the room okay i i know i haven't i've avoided this conversation because I know that it's going to be a part of my life for the next, I don't know, two to three years. And it's going to change. And the ebbs and flows are going to be um, tedious. They're going to be frustrating. And I'm going to hate every second of it. But it's my responsibility to talk about big things that are in the news. So i got to bring up Texas and Oklahoma wanting to come to the SEC. I don't sigh in, oh, I hate this. I don't want to do it. I don't sigh. I sigh because this is college football. It, Gary and I just spent the last three months getting hyped up and talking about a 12-team playoff. And in the last week, realized it's a complete shit show, the people that are trying to run it, and they have no idea what they're doing, and there's a better-than-not chance that it ain't going to happen. What the hell did we just spend the last three months doing then? What what was the purpose of the last three months? We just wasted time and energy putting effort into something that never going to come to fruition because college football loves to talk about shit and not do anything. Okay? So, let me say that. That is my frustration. My frustration is, is that we're going to spend the next two to three years and without question, the next two to three months talking about this. And and while we do so, there's a world in which, I don't know, six months from now, a year from now, three years from now, it just doesn't happen. And all of these conferences stay the exact same. And it's going to annoy the shit out of me. I don't mind doing hypotheticals for things that we know are going to change. Okay? I want there to be a level of realism and actual possibility when we're going to do the hypotheticals. And the reason I say that is because if we're going to just live in fantasy land and little green men can come from outer space and make anything happen, then what are we talking about? 
Why are we wasting our time and energy on having these conversations? That I don't think is valuable. I don't even think it's entertaining. And, and so at the end of the day, we're not doing anything but flapping our gums. Okay. So, so I'll give you the, I'll give you the brass points of what I think about Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute uh, embarrassment of riches for the SEC. For those who have complained and yelled all the time that the SEC is top heavy, they will they will have lost that argument. Okay, that that will be null and void from hence point forward. Um, I do think we're going to have to go to a pod system. I've seen several different um, variations of what that would look like for the SEC for 14 pods, and all of them, Alabama finds their way somehow into playing Vanderbilt every year, uh, which doesn't surprise me at all because our NCAA baseball tournaments played in Hoover, our SEA media days are done in Hoover, and our offices are in Birmingham, which makes no sense to anybody in the world outside of Alabama. Um, but that's where they are. So uh, they're going to call the shots, and they're going to they're gonna rule the roost, and that's just going to be the way this thing's going to go. It surprises me that Texas is even willing to come here because Texas has such an inferiority complex. They have to be the biggest dog in the in, in the room and they have to be the most important voice in the room and they make the most money in the room and they have to be the most powerful, influential people in the room. And when they walk into the SEC, they're going to be far from that. Now, they probably will walk in the door and immediately be the second most important. The problem is, is, as soon as Alabama snaps their fingers, everything Texas wants can go away. And and that's going to suck for them. And I don't know that they've ever lived in a world where that happens. But I don't know that that's a bad thing. It's probably good for somebody who's always gotten everything they wanted to finally be told no. Um, so I, I think it would add incredible value to the SEC, and I think it would – it really kind of would make all the other conferences not not nearly as important. E- even if the other conferences – and so I do believe that it's going to end up being an arms race to 16 teams. Um, everyone thinks there's going to be four 16-team conferences. I, I, I actually think there's a world where five 16-team conferences could be there uh, because I think there's going to be enough smaller schools that are going to want to have football be an important part of their life. Um, and we've lived in a – quote-unquote Power 5 world for a long time. Well, why the hell can't we have five Power 5 teams? That equals that gives you 96 teams. And, and uh, you know, to go from 130 to 96, I think, is a big deal. To go from 130 to 80, I think, is is a – you're making a lot of teams not relevant anymore. Okay? Um, how do we get there? Uh, I, I, th- I think there's a world where the Big 12 is in a lot of trouble. Okay? I think there's a world where if I was – I would love to be a conference commissioner at this time right now. I like I like when chaos is happening because I think that's where um, you can you can take advantage of the 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 most you can take advantage of the chaos if you're prepared for it and if you're ready to react and to move quickly and to to make good commitments and stand by them. I think I think it could be a big deal, right? If I was any commissioner, I'd want to be the commissioner of the American right now. Right now, the American doesn't have a great TV deal. And right now, the American doesn't get a lot of respect nationally. But if I was the American and I got 12 teams, well, 11 teams right now, I would try to get to 14 instantly. I would try to get to 14 instantly. I'd pick up the phone. I'd call TCU. I'd call Baylor. I'd call Oklahoma State immediately. Immediately. Those would be the first three calls I make. Because those are the biggest fish that are left in the Big 12. And it ain't close, by the way. All right. I, Iowa State is really good because Matt Campbell is there. And Matt Campbell's really good. And if Iowa State, if, if Matt Campbell leaves, I don't know that Iowa State just maintains this run. But those other three programs have, have been good for a while. They've been important to college football for a while. They've sustained losing coaches and getting new coaches and different philosophies and and, and they're they're not going anywhere. Um, they also have massive fan bases and lots of money. Uh, if I was the American, that's what I would do. I would get to 14 immediately. I would approach those three teams, and I'd fight like hell for them. If I had to take somebody that was not one of those three, it would be Kansas. And I know that seems ridiculous because Kansas sucks at football, and this is only about football. But Kansas is probably the biggest athletic department out of all three of uh, four of those, um, even though they suck at football. Uh, you know, they bring – 
and I know they've got a lot of NCAA problems. They've got a lot of issues <clears throat> at Kansas. I think all those things are going away as soon as NIL comes in. And, 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 you know, I just, I don't, I don't think paying players and doing the things that they've done in the past that, that their NCAA investigations are, are going to be seen as, as a big deal anymore. Um, but football is going to rule this roost. Football is going to be the deciding factor of all of this realignment. And and if I was anybody, I would want to be the conference commissioner at the American. And I'd be on the phone, <clears throat> backdoor channeling, with all three of those teams, all three of those schools. Right now, they're athletic directors, they're partners. And I'd be on the phone with Fox. I'd be on the phone with NBC Sports. I'd be on the phone with CBS um, and ESPN trying to figure out if – I can get to 14 teams and I can land two bigger brands. What does that look like knowing that the Big 12's value has gone away and all these places have big-time TV deals with them and they know there's enough room in college football for five major conference channels. Um, and I try to get me a big TV deal. And the nice thing is, is for the TV deal, you're going to get them on the cheap. You're go This is – you would be able to have the American the way CBS got the SEC, okay? The SEC was was nothing compared to what it is now when CBS signed them. That's why that deal was so shitty for the last five, six years for the SEC. Hell, maybe last 10 years for the SEC. CBS got such a big piece for so cheap. It was unbelievable. You have the opportunity to get that one more time if you go to the American. I know, I know that I... I know, I know, I know that people don't listen to me when I tell you the American's really good. They're also really important. Look at the cities that you're getting when you get the American. Nobody cares about Temple as a football school anymore. They used to when Matt Rule was there. They don't anymore. Guess what? Temple's balls deep in the heart of Philadelphia, and that is a big-ass city. All right? You're going to want that. You're going to want those viewers. You're going to want that alumni. Excuse me. You're, you're going to want to be in Orlando, Florida, in the greater Florida area, okay? You're just going to want to have eyeballs and access in there. You're going to want to be in Memphis. It is gigantic. It is massive. You're going to want to be in Cincinnati. You're, gonna you're going to want the cities. Houston, Texas, Jesus Christ, it's one of the biggest state, cities in the country. You're, you're going to want to have a piece of that pie. I think that's important. I think these schools are not small. They have large schools. They're just not important football schools historically. But I think history in the next 10 to 15 years is going to look a lot different. I hope I'm allowed to see it. But I think it's going to look a lot different. Okay. So I, I, if I was an athletic director of any of these other, Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, same thing, by the way, I would be making moves to start picking off the best of the best of the Big 12 and just bring them to their knees and cripple them. Because if you don't, you're just going to be competing against them forever, okay? The worst thing that could happen for the American and the American uh, uh, commissioner and their conference as a whole is the Big 12 panic and immediately go try to grab, uh, you know, Cincinnati and Memphis and Houston and say, oh, we're okay. You know, we're going to get to 12 teams or whatever. Um, you know, we were at 10 and go pick up, you know, four new teams, I, I think, you know, let's throw UCF in there. Like, let, let, if that happens, the American is done. The American has no more value at all. Teams like Tulsa and, 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 you know, these other schools that are in the American that are really good, they're done. You know, they're going to have to go find a home somewhere else, and it's over. Right now, I think your conference is better and more important than the Big 12. I think it is. And the only thing stopping that argument was Oklahoma and Texas. Now that Oklahoma and Texas might be gone, your conference is head and shoulders better than them. Make them come to you and go get the pieces you want. And if you added Oklahoma State and TCU and Baylor to your portfolio at the American and you got to, to 14 teams, holy crap, man. You're talking about that's one of the funnest conferences in the country now. I, hell, I think it's already there anyway. UCF and Memphis and Cincinnati are unbelievably entertaining to watch. If you threw Oklahoma and Baylor and TCU in there, uh, what those teams have looked like in the past, holy cow, man. I think it's unbelievable. I think it's going to change college football. I think we're going to end up doing what I just did for the next two to three years. 
we're going to throw out a bunch of hypotheticals that have a more probable than not chance of never coming to fruition and nothing happening. So while I found that little exercise to be entertaining, and I liked it, I don't know if you did or not, but I enjoyed doing it. It's not that I don't enjoy doing it. It's I hate putting effort and work into something over and over and over for a long period of time. That's not going to matter. Will I do it once? Sure. Will I do it twice? Maybe. If, if something changes and we get new information, will I do it again? All right. At some point in time, I'm going to say I'm done talking about this. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. Call me when the deal is done. And then we'll get a reaction and an opinion about it. That's what I want. So I know we're going to have to do this again on the big show. I know Gary wants to bring in some guests to talk. That's great. That's fine. I love having guests on. Get another perspective other than mine. I like taking in new information. But at some point in time, when we're not talking about new information, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a crotchety old man, and that's just, I'm just gonna be an asshole. I'm gonna try not to though. I'm really going to work on not being a jerk about it. And all I ask in return is that it not it not take over the show. Because at some point in time in three years, if Texas and Oklahoma are still with the Big 12 and nothing has changed, I'm going to want somebody to answer for all the time I wasted on this. That's all. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate you guys listening this morning. Thank you so much. Uh Share the show out. Keep sharing the show out. Leave us five-star reviews if you don't mind. Man, I really appreciate it. They mean a lot to us, and uh, have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Winning Cures Everything podcast. The website is winningcureseverything.com, and if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter, at GaryWCE, at ChrisBGiannini, at WinningCures, or you can email us, Gary at winningcureseverything.com or Chris at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe, and we'll see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.